Welcome to the Hat Soil Health Podcast, a production of Hoosier Ag Today and made possible by the Indiana Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, a program of the Indiana Conservation Partnership. Once a month, we'll spotlight the many efforts around Indiana by CCSI and its many partners to improve soil health on Indiana cropland. Here's the host of the Hat Soil Health Podcast, Eric Pfeiffer. Welcome in to Hat Studio 3A and the Soil Health Podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and joining me today is Alan Dean and also Ben Wicker, and we're going to hear from them in just a moment. Today we're going to talk about winter and spring erosion. It is especially bad this year. We're going to talk about that and also the recent ag census. There's some information in there that is good news for cover crop acreage and soil conservation. Let's bring in our guests today. Let's start first here with Alan Dean. Uh, he farms in Northwest Ohio, does a lot of work in Northeast Indiana. Alan, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about what goes on on your farm. All right, very good. Uh, really uh, glad to help you out here today on this uh, podcast. Um, I'm a farmer up here in Northwestern Ohio. I've been involved with uh, uh, no-till for over 40 years now. Uh, we have a lot of fields that are in that 25 to 30-year range and have never done any tillage at that time. Uh, we are also uh, been doing a lot of cover cropping, uh, been doing cover crops for that 12 to 14 years pretty much consistently, and uh, see a lot of value in, in what we're doing. Ben Wicker, the executive director of the Indiana Agriculture Nutrient Alliance, is also with us. Uh, ben, talk to us a little bit about your background and how long you've been in the position there with the uh, Nutrient Alliance. Yeah, uh, I've been with the IANA since its inception uh, back in the very early part of, of 2018. And, uh, you know, our, our focus is really uh, being a broad collaboration of ag and conservation uh, organizations, um, you know, dedicated to keeping farmers, you know, at the, at the forefront of, of best nutrient management and soil health practices. My experience before coming to the Ag Nutrient Alliance was uh, spending some time with some nonprofit organizations, both in the agriculture and conservation world. Uh, but prior to that, I worked as a certified crop advisor in East Central Indiana, working with farmers out in the field with their uh, fertilizer manure management, as well as you know being there kind of on the ground level as as the interest in cover crops and and those sorts of things were coming into uh, uh, you know coming into focus at that point. Uh, I have the opportunity to still. Uh, participate and operate uh, on our family's farm in, in East Central Indiana, and uh, we're a diversified uh, diversified operation raising cattle as well as corn, soybeans, corn, soybeans, wheat, uh, as well as a lot of uh, hay through the summertime, um, and have been, you know, uh, consistently uh, adopting, uh, you know, less and less tillage on our farm, uh, you know, uh, eventually here making the transition to no-till. Um, and beginning to utilize cover crops more uh, more significantly across our acres as well. So, Ben, let's let's start here and let's talk about some of that winter and spring erosion. It, it seems to be incredibly bad this year, perhaps worse than than years past. Talk about why that is and, and what it is we're seeing out there in the field for some of the folks that maybe aren't utilizing some of these conservation practices like using cover crops, that why, why is this erosion so bad this particular year? Well, you know, I think the, the weather challenges really seem to, you know, just carry over from the, the 2018, 2018 cropping year, which, you know, where we saw a, a, a long, 
a long, wet and extended fall and, um, you know, carried through into the, the winter um, there. And so, you know, uh, in my mind, there was a couple couple significant events, weather events, you know, that we had, particularly there in January and February, where we had ground that was, um, you know, either frozen or, or had been frozen and just thawed, you know, that those top couple inches. And then we poured, you know, two, three or more inches of rain on that in about a 24-hour or less period. And, you know, really seeing more and more system weather systems like that uh, seem to be happening with more frequency that um, really just exacerbate, you know, anything that doesn't, um, you know, that's really not tied down with, with some roots holding it in place. And, you know, I know even on our farm, you know, areas that uh, where we didn't get uh, cover crops established as as quickly or as um, you know as early as we had wanted to on on some of our uh, particularly some of our more uh, erodible fields um you know we saw significant washing even even where you know there hadn't been any tillage done and um you know that that intensity that intensity of that rainfall the ground conditions when it happened uh, really seemed to be what uh, what has driven that driven that uh, that erosion here through this winter leading into the springtime. I would go ahead, right along with what you've said, and what we've kind of witnessed up here in northwestern Ohio and northeastern Indiana, um, you know, the soils became very fully saturated last fall with all the large rainfall events we had. And I think we just could not hold any more water. We couldn't infiltrate any more water into our soil. So anytime we had a large rainfall event, it instantly started to shed off of the field uh, resulting in a lot of the uh, erosion that we've had. I think another thing that's happened is for several years now, we've uh, had some pretty large rainfall events where we've had some gullies that have started, had some erosion that was started. A lot of those uh, areas have not got filled back in, and so naturally you have a channel that's already started, and uh, once we have water moving down those channels, it'll continue to to uh, those fields out. This is the Hat Soil Health Podcast presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative of Indiana. You can find information about them at ccsin.org. Again, I've got Alan Dean with me, Northwest Ohio and Northeast Indiana farmer, and also Ben Wicker with the Indiana Agriculture Nutrient Alliance. And uh, Alan, talk to me a little bit about how conditions are up there. Is it worse this year than in years past? And what are you seeing different uh, in on your farm, maybe than that of some of your neighbors, since you have been doing some of this uh, reduced tillage, no-till, and some cover crops as well? Maybe some of your neighbors haven't really caught on to the trend. Uh, how much better off are you than they are at this point in the season? We're definitely a lot better off. Uh, you know, we've been watching a lot of these large rainfall events, and uh, where we've got cover crops out on these fields, especially long-term, and then with the long-term no-till, we do not have the erosion. Uh, we continually uh, monitor this. Um, just recently we took a drone out and flew some fields during a large rainfall event, and it was very easy to see uh, where a lot of this water was coming from, from some of the neighboring fields, and uh, we've been able to track that right down to the creeks and streams. Um, but where we have cover crops growing out there, and some of our cover crops aren't that great this year just because of the wet fall that we had last fall. Um, but they continue to do uh, a lot better than fields that have been tilled or fields that ab absolutely have not had any cover crops on them. Ben, is that what you're finding here in Indiana as well, that it's just significantly better for those folks that 
uh, do in fact uh, practice some of these conservation efforts using the cover crops and the no-till systems? Yeah, certainly. Certainly, I think you can tell where um, you know, where they were, where cover crops were able to be established earlier and and had um, you know had better growth. You know, you, you absolutely don't see the. Um, at least the, the the amount of washing, if if any washing uh, or erosion at all across across those fields, um, you know, and, and talking around to, to other folks around the state, um, you know, I agree with with Alan uh, earlier talking about you know seeing uh, you know uh, these soils uh, across the state really reaching a saturation point pretty early, but but even with that said, um, guys that uh, you know have have had you know less tillage more cover uh more covered you know uh more diverse rotations here over time you know really do feel like they even even with that saturated soil we're still seeing you know marginally better uh to significantly better infiltration and didn't have near the runoff in places as well um you know it, it you don't have to drive drive too far down the road in, in many places uh you know around the state to, to be able just to, to do the windshield survey and uh, and see see those areas, um, you know where those gullies have started, and, and and just like Alan was talking about, once once that once that wash once that wash started, you know it just really exacerbated, and uh, you know to see you know 18, 18 inch to even more significant gullies down across down across fields, particularly those with uh, without any uh, any sort of cover or anything growing across them, is a is a, a pretty common sight across uh, across the landscape this year. Another thing that we've noticed a little bit is um, even where on some of our farms, our cover crops didn't do that well last fall going into winter, but where we had previous heavy residue from the previous year with um, primarily cereal rye, that heavy armor on the soil really did protect that soil, helped break, I think, a lot of that rainfall and uh, slowed up the water movement. And uh, we're seeing a lot of benefit from previous years cover crops where the residue is still laying on the ground. Um, we had a field we looked at the other day, and uh, this was a no-till, long-term no-till cover crop field of ours, and we had just a few little small rills, I mean, just very small, and as soon as it got to the, the property line with the neighbor who had done some tillage, it was gullied out. Right, at the, It started right at the line, but it was gullied out down 18 to 20 inches going across the farm. So it was a very significant difference between the two farming management. It's the Hat Soil Health Podcast here from Hoosier Ag Today and the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative of Indiana. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Alan Dean is with me, and so is Ben Wicker. And Alan, talk to me a little bit about your uh, practices. You talked about how you benefited some, from some previous years' uh, cover crop usage and also the no-till Talk about your strategy as you're going into putting those cover crops in and, and what you found to be most effective that's gotten you to where you're at today. Sure. Um, one of the things that we think is the easiest is where we grow wheat in our rotation. It gives us a great opportunity, usually into July, 1st of August, to get a cover crop out there and get it established and have it growing very well. Um, the other thing we're doing is... Uh, we do interseeding where we go into standing corn and standing soybeans and put a cover crop out there. That usually it is like uh, mid-August through the middle of September. And uh, where we've been able to get those cover crops out there and get them established, uh, they've done really well when we've had the, the large rainfall events. 
So wearing my farmer farmer cap, you know, where our operation, we're uh, further a little further south downstate than uh, than where where Allen is, and so you know we have um, you know we have the opportunity for probably a little typically a little longer fall. And that last fall last fall hopefully being uh, being maybe an exception exception to that, but um, you know some strategies we've been utilizing on our farm uh, on our farm is. You know, really uh, prioritizing those fields that we know are going to be most benefit, you know, particularly from an erosion standpoint to cover crops and um, trying to get those planted planted earlier and, and first on our operation and, and looking at, at shorter, uh, shorter maturing varieties, you know, both, both corn and beans and really trying to make sure that, uh, you know, to the best of our ability, we can get those harvested in, uh, in September and, uh, you know, get a covered crop out there and established, you know, that's, Looking at looking back on the last fall, those those acres where we were able to get that September, you know, earlier establishment versus you know that that we uh, we sowed sowed later on into um, later on into October, you know, we saw significant differences in the amount of growth and you know the amount of armor that put out across the field and you know uh, that 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 made a huge made a huge difference for us on uh, on a lot of the acres that that we saw as. Well, as many of the, the neighbors and others that I work with that um, that you know use similar practices as well. And I w- I would really agree with Ben. Um, we are doing the same thing. We are moving to earlier uh, maturity on our soybeans, so we can get uh, wheat and barley planted earlier and get it more established uh, compared to what we've done the last couple of years. So I, I think that's going to be key to uh, some of this. Uh, Uh, stopping some of the soil erosion. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hat Soil Health Podcast, but we're not quite done with Alan and Ben. We're going to talk more with them next month, and we're going to talk more about the census of agriculture that was recently released and all of the good news that came out of that census for conservation systems, no-till, cover crops, uh, very well adopted in that new census. So we'll talk more about that coming up on our next episode of the Hat Soil Health Podcast. You can find more information about what's going on with the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative by visiting ccsin.org. And we thank the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative for sponsoring the Hat Soil Health Podcast. And also, I just recently spoke with Lisa Holsher, the director of CCSI, and she wanted to wish the very best to Tricia McLean as she moves on to a new position as the biological scientist for Grissom Air Force Base, so hats off to Tricia. But with that, CCSI is currently accepting applications for a program manager serving northern Indiana. And that position will remain open until filled, and applications will be reviewed weekly. You can send those applications and cover letters to lisa.holsher at in.nacdnet.net. And you can find more information again by visiting ccsin.org. Thank you for joining us on the Hat Soil Health Podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This has been a presentation of Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm network.